For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling Word Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. This King David Lane is about every social media platform, so give me a like, follow, and friend request, and I will probably give you one in return. And I'm going to get some shameless self-promotion out of the way. You can go to kingdavidlane.com, check out upcoming shows. You can say, listen, all the upcoming shows I have, including this Friday, uh, that's July 9th, I'll be at uh, Chester's in Chester to perform with Disposable Theater. Takes about 10 bucks. The show starts at 7, so get there a little bit early so you can get in and grab your seat uh, and check that out. So that's July 9th. Uh, got a bunch of other shows coming up. I'll be performing at Anderson Wider with Disposable Theater a couple times coming up, as well as we got my Northwest Indiana Improv Festival coming up September 18th at Deep Performance Comedy Theater in Miller. And of course, every Wednesday night I got my open mic, Deep Performance Comedy Theater in Miller Beach, Section of Indiana, 500 South Lake Street. That is free. Doors open at 7 o'clock for the happy hour where there's giveaways and stuff. Again, admission is free for that. Every Wednesday night, the show starts around 8. So come check that out. Then, of course, you know, Help the show grow, help the show move on and do wonderful things like we're trying to do with the show. Uh, subscribe to the VLC Wrestling Nation feed on uh, Stitcher and your other social media platforms. You get not only my show, as well as the Bruce's show, Bill Aptor's show, Shelly Martinez, Maestro, a bunch of, bunch of other talent people, Brady, uh, Big Ace, don't forget him as well, Big Ace and West Briscoe. Lots of talent on this network, so subscribe so you can get all the latest updates from our shows. And, of course, give us a five-star rating and review. We appreciate that as well. Okay, now that I got shameless self-promotion and shameless friend promotion out of the way, let's get into a very, very brief edition of Wrestling With Problems for July uh, 4th weekend. Uh, I decided not to take the week off. I decided just to discuss wrestling and some problems very, very briefly because, you know, we don't really take shows off take weeks off that often if I can help it. Uh, usually I don't even take the holidays off unless it's very, very urgent, but I think I've maybe taken off, honestly, since I've been hosting this show or hosting uh, VOC Wrestling Nation, I think I've taken off less than one show a year that entire time. So uh, I don't like to take shows off that often. Uh, I probably should have taken a casual break every now and again. I'm, uh, it's actually working out well since we moved to Mondays. I got a little bit more flexibility when I record. So I might, uh, you might, Get a show dropping a few hours later or something because I can, you know, get a little bit of responsibility now that we don't record live. Uh, but in general, I don't like to take time off. So I figured I'd, I want to discuss uh, Major League Wrestling's Bible Ray 3. I want to discuss uh, Ring of Honor Best in the World 2021. And I got a couple other things I want to discuss. This week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to open with a problem. 
and then we're going to get into the wrestling after we discuss the problem. So uh, first, this week's problem is the Shakari Richardson situation with the Olympic uh, trials. Uh, she tested positive for THC, meaning uh, she's been suspended for 30 days. Uh, she will not be able to run an individual 100-meter sprint. She will, she will be able to uh, most likely run in the relays. Uh, so there's a lot of controversy about that. And I'm going to jump right into the controversy on that. Uh, first, uh, I want to say there's parts of the controversy I agree with and parts I disagree with. Here's the controversy. The controversy is uh, U.S. drug laws have been designed specifically to harm minorities. I'm in total agreement with that. Uh, if you look at marijuana law and cocaine law in particular, they intentionally have been uh, criminalized how it relates to black people and stereotypes and that sort of thing, as well as, you know, uh, Latinos as well, don't get me wrong. They, they were definitely included. In, that's why marijuana, cannabis, cannabis is actually called marijuana due to that reason. So don't, don't, don't make it seem like, I don't want to make it seem like it's exclusively the black people, but black and brown people are why the drug laws have been uh, written where they are. There's no valid reason that marijuana should be classified as the same level of drug as cocaine anyway. Now, very, very brief side topic. If you want to do any drug, as far as your personal recreational use, I don't care, have at it. I believe all drug use should be legal. I'm not recommending people use drugs, but I don't think, Anybody should be put in jail merely for using drugs on themselves. I'm not talking about drugging other people. I'm not talking about uh, you have the right to drive your car or operate heavy machinery or operate firearms or anything like that. I'm saying if you just personally use drugs in your life and you don't try to harm anybody else with those drugs, you don't do all that other stuff. You don't have all those other rights. You just personally want to use drugs in your own house. Have at it. I don't care which drug you use. It's your right to mess your life up or you know, to relieve your stress or however you're using it. There's a million different directions you can go. And you know, side note, everybody who uses drugs is going to quote, ruin their life. Uh, also drugs tend not to ruin your life. Your life comes pre-ruined. Now drugs can make it worse. But in general, people who are tend to be using drugs, particularly like your hardest stuff, they have mental health issues to begin with. And the drugs just sort of on one hand, it sort of helps it in short term, but in the long term, it tends to make it worse. <laughs> that's my uh, that's my own that's my two cents. And so let's get back into the original subject. Sorry, uh, there are people saying because the uh, the drug laws are racist, this suspension is racist. I'm gonna tell you why that's not true. The argument is marijuana is not a quote performance enhancing drug. Now, it's not a performance-hampering drug in the way of steroids, HGA, stuff like that. It's not going to make you bigger. It's not going to make you uh, faster in any direct sense. However, it does have pain-relieving effects. It does have stress-relieving effects. So there is some benefit to it. She admitted she took it because, uh, at least according to her explanation, was uh, my her, her biological mother, who she was estranged from, has passed away. She was informed of that sort of out of nowhere from a reporter and she needed that to sort of uh, help her out in that. Again, I, I play sports. I'm a rugby player. Uh, I also uh, 
unfortunately have lost my mom. So I can I can understand that. But again, none of that excuses you from your job drugs test you. <laughs> and your job is directly competing against other people. Now, if again, I think the rules as far as marijuana is unfair. It's probably no it's probably no worse than like any other, you know, pain reliever that is legal allowed, all sorts of drugs that can be prescribed or even over-the-counter stuff that you can take in larger quantities than typically you would necessarily take in a normal situation. Marijuana is probably a safer alternative to that. However, the rules are you're not allowed to use it. I'm sure other competitors that she's competed against, they, they might have had uh, parents or other family members uh, either die or have other serious issues. They might have their own personal pains and personal stresses from any number of reasons that they might want to take marijuana for. However, they were not allowed to do it. They followed the rules. So if you let her violate the rules, but don't let them violate the rules, that is an unfair competitive advantage. That specifically is the main reason why, no, you should not be able to let this slide. Again, I think the rules about marijuana are unfair. However, if you don't make, if you, you need to make everybody follow the rules if they are rules. I absolutely hope they change that rule and allow marijuana going forward, but they did not. So letting her compete without any punishment is an unfair advantage to her. Now, here's the next argument that I've heard. Uh, the American uh, drug laws make it legal where she smoked it. That's fine. She's not being put in jail. They're like, uh, well, since it's legal there, it should be legal for her to compete on. What you're forgetting is the Olympics are an international competition. Everybody does not have the same rules. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why you set international standards. American rules, just like the Dominican rules and just like you know, the uh, Canadian rules and just like the rules in any other country, you know, don't allow, have different jurisdictions and different rules about what you can and cannot do. Now, I don't know if this has been changed, but I know I know like at least a few years ago, you literally could buy steroids and other drugs over the counter in Dominican. So in that case, if something's legal where an athlete uh, is based out of, does that mean they should be allowed to do whatever drug they want? No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you have to have some sort of formalized standards across nations to say, okay, Everybody's allowed to do this. Nobody's allowed to do that. That makes a that makes a lot more sense. That creates a fair environment for all of the athletes. Again, it's rough for her. I, I feel sort of bad for her. But again, she knew what the rules were ahead of time. She's not being punished in an unfair manner. She made that decision. I play sports. I have a job. If I know going in that I can't do certain substances, I'm going to be tested for those substances, and if I get tested and I test positive, I will be out of a job or I'll be out of my sport. I weigh that in before I make any decision. Regardless of what personal stresses I'm going through or what personal decisions I have to make in my life, that's how it works. That's how it is when you're an adult. Again, we're not talking about her being put in jail. We're not being talked about the justice system. We're talking about specifics to the rules, create a fair environment for everybody that she's competing against as well as her. So no, she's not being punished unfairly. 
And again, you know, there are some people that are dragging her about steroids and stuff like that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not nearly going to that extent. I'm talking about competitive environment, fairness for her and for everybody else. Definitely there's been some racist people jumping in on some stuff about, you know, her nails and steroids and that's some, some craziness. That's absolute BS. None of that makes any sense. But as far as competitive environment, it's unfair to let her get away with it and not have letting everybody else having got away with the same thing. Now that I'm done with my rant regarding uh, Shakari Richardson and the Olympics and that situation, let's go ahead and move on to some wrestling stuff. Uh, everybody's, I guess not everybody's, a very beloved and also hated wrestler in uh, AEW recently was Mackie Ito. Uh, she unfortunately has not signed a contract with anybody. I'm definitely team Ito as far as how it goes. Her gimmick is crazy and insane. And particularly if you watch Japanese commercials and stuff like that. And I have, a, I have an affinity for certain things Japanese because I did go to a college that was almost half Japanese, Salem Tegu University. It's now Salem International in uh, West Virginia. So, you know, I, I have deep-seated ties to Japan and, you know, that way. But if you know anything about the commercial, you, you know, she's kind of, she's sort of the kind of character that would only exist and only would come out of Japanese culture in Japan. So she does this weird thing where she sings, she has, you know, weird movements and <laughs> she's uh, super cute and adorable. Uh, but you know, I know that there's also a lot of people that hate her. Uh, but according to SC Scoop, she has not signed a contract anywhere. Uh, ADW is supposedly interested. Uh, WWE is supposedly interested, but she has not been offered anything. So I find that very, very interesting. Uh, I have no idea what it is. Like I said, I would snap her up in a second if I had the money to offer her and had a wrestling organization. Uh, the most important Thing as far as signing a wrestler is their merchandise uh, sales, probably. Obviously, merchandise sales is one, and how they you know attract ratings would probably be number two. But for a while, she had the top selling shirt on pro wrestling tees. I hadn't, I was not familiar with this shirt, but apparently, it's a Mackie Ito simp tees, the most popular shirt. Uh, she posted a tweet about that on July first, so I will retreat. We retreat that from the uh, VOC Nation account, from the King Dave Lane uh, Twitter account, just uh, so you can uh, uh, see what I'm talking about. Oh, crap. There's there's no picture. You do have to click a link to see it, but I did retweet it from my account. I will retreat it from the VOC Nation account as well, so you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, I do like I do like her uh, Twitter account. It says the cutest pro wrestler in the world, Fired Idol, F you, and it doesn't say F. <laughs> So that is hilarious. I was not aware of that either. Sometimes you learn all kinds of stuff as you broadcast and you see things like, wow. But she is hilarious to me and very, very entertaining. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to see where she does eventually land. I lean more towards AEW and hoping to see AEW because I feel like she has a better chance of uh, doing her brand of interesting stuff without <laughs> – writers trying to ruin it for her but anyway uh, i have retweeted it from my account let me go ahead and uh actually i don't have it i don't have the vlc nation account on my, on my computer yet so i will do that a little bit later but anyway uh 
looking forward to see where she does eventually land. Uh, next, we'll get into Ring of Honor Best in the World 2021, making my predictions for that. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do a lot of storyline stuff. I'm basically just going to do a quick prediction of who wins. Because honestly, I've not been, been paying that close attention to Ring of Honor. I, have, I do, you know, put it on in the background. I do other stuff most weeks. But since AEW dropped, Ring of Honor, it's not really consistently been my jam. I'm hoping to get back into it. Maybe if the crowds come back, maybe that'll help them a bit. But after AEW left, it used to be a thing. Ring of Honor would be uh, rated for talent, whether it be New Japan or Impact or whether it be uh, WWE NXT in particular, if not WWE in general. But they'd get rated for talent. they reload. Then about after about three to six months, they'd sort of bounce back and they do it again every year. That has not been the case this time. There's still some talent there, don't get me wrong, it's just Outside of the Briscoes, so you got the Briscoes, we got Jay Lethal, we got Dalton Castle. That's pretty much, oh yeah, and Silas Lane, that's pretty much my interest level right there. Shane Taylor. Other than that, not a lot of interest on in my, in my part, even though there are some talented wrestlers and stuff. Man. Even, the, even the guys like EC3, uh, uh, the personality is not really showing as much, but that's the disadvantage to Ring of Honor. Your personality tends not to shine as much in Ring of Honor as it has a chance to do with Impact or AEW or WWE. That's the one downside to Ring of Honor. They don't focus as much on angles and stuff, which, you know, does give you give, give you more time to enjoy the matches, the in-ring work, but at the same time, if you got a really talented character, that's probably not the best place for you to go to really shine. There's only been a handful of guys that I think really managed to truly shine as uh, on the mic and stuff on the bottom. Like guys, you know, occasionally guy like Dalton Castle can shine through. But other than that, not a lot of it happening. I do, I, like I said, again, the Briscoes, uh, particularly uh, probably Jay more so than Mark. But uh, although he, he, he does, you know, do a little bit. But Jay is the guy that he's more of a, quote, main event mic talent than Mark, who's more of a great, solid mid-card mic, what I saw mid-card mic talent. Although Mark does do a decent job when he's on commentary. I'll, I'll give him a hot shot to that because usually if there's a team where one guy is vastly superior, you kind of expect that the other guy is not going to be as good on the mic when he does commentary, but that has not been the case. I don't even, I even remember seeing Jay on the mic as far as a commentary that much. Or Actually, I can't remember one time ever, but I have seen Mark on the mic and he's done a great job the times I've seen him there. Anyway, let's get into the predictions. Uh, we got a singles match. We got uh, Jay Lethal versus Brody King. I'm going to go ahead and go with Jay Lethal on that. Uh, Jay Lethal is kind of at this point, he's like the probably the biggest singles legend in uh, Ring of Honor history. Uh, he's last I checked, he held the uh, Ring of Honor title longer than anybody else had. He also was a double champion for a while. So if you're going to make a Ring of Honor or Mount Rushmore, Jay Lethal is definitely the man to be there. Uh, next, we got uh, Silas Young versus Josh Woods in a last man standing match. <laughs> Interesting. The last real man in the last man standing match. Uh, this is definitely a match I could see going either way to a certain extent. But generally, when I see a last, quote last man standing match, I kind of expect the uh, – I'm going to lean toward the, the more face guy you know, winning. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, lean towards Josh Woods. Uh, in this case, and, and say that he go ahead and uh, pick up the win. 
Uh, next, we got a Ring of Honor World Television title match. We got Tony Depp and the champ versus Dragon Lee. And to show you how far Ring of Honor has fallen, I wasn't even aware that Tony Depp was the world television champion. <laughs> Honestly, Tony Depp could walk in the, <laughs> into my house right now with a shirt that says, I'm Tony Depp and Ring of Honor World Television title champion. And I still would be confused by it. I literally could not pick him up out of lineup. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Dragon Lee just because I know I, I'm slightly more familiar with Dragon Lee. I at least know Dragon Lee's name <laughs> and don't know Teddy Depp at all. So I'm going to go with Dragon Lee because I know the name. Next, we had a singles match. We got EC3 versus Flip Gordon. Uh, this this kind of could go either way. Uh, I'm going to go with EC3 because I believe Flip Gordon is actually signed with New Japan and EC3 is signed with Honor. So it makes more sense that EC3 would pick up the win. So I'm using that sort of logic. Next, we got a Ring of Honor World six man tag team title match. Uh, we got Shane Taylor Promotions uh, versus Dak Draper, Dodd Kess, and Eli Ism. Isom. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the champions retain Shane Taylor Promotion. Honestly, uh, I feel like. Dak Draper, Doug Kessel, and Eli Eisen are kind of more thrown together as a team just to give them guys something to do. Same type of promotions is the actual stable. As a general rule, I feel like a stable, more times than not, has a better chance of pulling off victory. And plus the champs. If you're, if you're ever in doubt and going champions versus challengers, I, see, I say pick champion. So that's where I'm going. Next, we had a match for the Ring of Honor Pure uh, Championship. Jonathan Gresham and Champ versus uh, Michael Bennett. Uh, this kind of could go either way. I feel like Josh and Jonathan Gresham is a little bit more of a better pure wrestler than Michael Bennett is. So I'm going to go ahead and stick uh, stay with the champion and say Jonathan Gresham pulls off the victory. Last but not least, we got a uh, Ring of Honor World title match. Rouge versus Bandito. Uh... I kind of forgot that Roosh was the champion. In fact, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he dropped it and got it back, I thought. But I kind of forget. But again, that shows you how far Ring of Honor has fallen in my head. But I want to go ahead and go with our Roosh retains the title. And that concludes our coverage of Ring of Honor Best in the World 2021 predictions. Still got one more thing to go before I get out over there. I still want to make predictions for our Michigan League Wrestling's Battle Royale 3. There's only three matches listed on the card. Obviously, when you have a 40-man battle uh, royal, basically, uh, that's going to limit how many of these you put on the card. But uh, we, st we start off with the Caribbean heavyweight title match. we got Richard Holiday, the champion, versus King Mortez. Uh, if you were a Lucha Underground fan, you would buy Mills merch with Mortez. Uh, so you got Richard Holiday, the champ, versus uh, King Murchis. So I'm going to go ahead and say, really not feeling there's a huge opportunity for uh, Richard Holiday in this match. Uh, I think the Caribbean Heavyweight uh, Championship would be a good uh, title to help Lynch with the Aztec. Uh, uh, sort of spin-off that you're trying to do. 
So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the king. One king to another predicts the king will win the belt. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Queen Mary Muertes, uh, defeating Rich Holiday for the Caribbean Great title. Uh, next, we got a match TJP versus Debbie Richards. Uh, TJP sort of like mercenary at this point. He sort of bounces all over, but he's, I believe his, I believe his quote home uh, promotion is Impact Wrestling. Uh, Davy Richardson, I do believe, is based with uh, Major League Wrestling. Yes, that's correct. He is based with Major League Wrestling. So, uh, based on booking that way, I'm going to go ahead and predict David Richards, the guy signing Major League Wrestling, beats the guy who's based somewhere else. So, David Richards pulls off the sneak with match victory here. Last. But not least, we got the Battle Riot uh, number three Battle Riot match. I'm going to try to quickly read through every competitor in this match and then make a prediction for what things are going to win. We got Simon Gotts, Samuel Vega, Sean Davari, TJP, Queen Mertes, David Richards, Joseph Samuel, Gringo Loco, Ariz, Perez. Um, I'm not sure about the pronunciation, so sorry about that. Uh, Kit Osborne, Ross Dunneric, Marshall Varneric, Zinshi, Budu Dao, Buku Dao, uh, Alexander Hammerstone, Armis, Match Kruger, Myron Reed, Chino Medina, Lee Mariotti, Calvin Tankman, Rich Holiday, Kevin Koo, King Mo, Alex Kane, EJ Nuduka, Kiro Kwan. So yeah, quite a lot of uh, people in this match. Rough for me to pick a person I think is going to win, but I'm going to try to do it. By the way, I believe there's only 27 competitors in the match, even though they have 40 men battle royal listed. So I guess we're going to have a lot of surprises and guest stars. But as seeing how as I'm, I can't, I'm not going to go through the effort of trying to take somebody who's not in the match. I'm going to try to limit myself to people just in the match. There's a lot of talent in this match, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the big strong man. I'm going to predict Alexander Hammerstone, you know. Uh, there's plenty of guys who credibly win the match again uh, and face the champion, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the big strong guy, like I said. Uh, weird thing about battle rolls, it used to be if there was a battle roll, you can always count on one of the bigger guys to win it. Uh, Andre the Giant probably won more battle royals than anybody who's ever competed in battle royals. But the weird thing is, it feels like the last 20 years and so, in particular, it hasn't been the big guys that have sort of won the battle royals. Now, obviously, most battle royals that I watch tend to be WWE events, so you never know how they're going to end up booking it. But I do feel like they want to, you know, in general, you want, you want to, you want, you're, you're either going to go one or two directions, you're going to go big, strong guy, or somebody that quote just shows resilience with a lot of heart. But not having a strong uh, feel about anybody, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and stick with Alexander Hammerstone. So here's my prediction: he he was uh he's been around a while. He feels feel like he's had a chance. He's a big, strong guy. He can put on a credible match with the champion. Uh, so. That's my take on the whole situation. Uh, 
almost forget one more thing, though. However, uh, I do want to discuss one more cool problem before I get it. I actually almost forgot about this, but unless I didn't initially intend to discuss this on my show, but I think it does sort of fit in. And I do apologize in advance. I will probably get his name wrong, but Columbus Blue Jackets goaltender Matisse Kivlinix uh, died Sunday at age 24. Uh, again, I mentioned he was a goaltender for Columbus Blue Jackets in the National Hockey League. Uh, apparently, he died from a fireworks mortar blast and chest trauma. Uh, the story that came in initially was he fell and hit his head trying to trying to escape from like a hot tub. So definitely a weird situation. Uh, the original report that I saw earlier today was there seemed to be a malfunction just the fireworks in the direction of people. Uh, he and others went in a hot tub when he tried to get out. He slipped, fell and hit his head on the country. So uh, Definitely. So I actually I decided to look at a couple more articles to get a little bit clearer picture of the story. The original story that I mentioned earlier, like I said, it was really that he, he slipped and fell and hit his head. But apparently that's that that still might have happened. But apparently they believe that the fireworks did hit him. So I thought it was I thought it was more of a bizarre story initially, as far as you know, trying to avoid a firework slip and falling in your head and dying. As opposed to if I were apparently the firework did actually connect with him now. So I guess maybe there was confusion earlier. Uh, but like I said, the updated version of the story is just so, just so we're clear on this. Uh, it was basically like a, one of those mortar like fireworks. So basically, you know, something that shoots up projectiles in the air. Apparently, it sort of leaned over and started aiming at the uh, hot tub. They were trying to, you know, get away from it, but apparently it did actually make contact with him, even though he did, you know, end up falling. So I guess that was the initial confusion. They thought maybe he just slipped about trying to get away from it, but it turns out it actually did hit him. So he did receive some chest injuries and chest trauma injuries to his heart and lungs. Uh, so condolences to the his family, as well as his friends and, you know, anybody that was at this sort of, the party they were celebrating it that's like a rough way to die i know you guys think i'm a comedian but i'm not going to make light of this in any way other than like i said just just reporting it's a problem that he's died i'm not going to make fun of him in any way or you know do anything like that because i am sometimes kind of terrible about stuff i'm not gonna do that so um but uh you know he was like i said he, he mainly was a minor league player although he did play eight games for the uh the main squad. He also was an international player who did uh, play for uh, Latvia and represent them in an international event. So, uh, you know, just like I said, rest in peace and condolences to him, to him and his family as well. Uh, like I said, that's that's a that's definitely a weird way to go. Particularly, particularly like I said, when you're not an American, you know. That makes it even sort of weirder now that I think about it. Uh, uh, you come to the country, you want to you know, celebrate the country's traditions, and then next thing you know, something like this happens. So, uh, 
that's all I can say. Like I said, uh, you've been listening to Wrestle With Problems. Try to have a uh, good week. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with this? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this. That the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.